Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall, Finn McHale here, and today we're going to do another chapter review of Record of Ragnarok, and this chapter is chapter 46, titled Accumulation. So, to preface this a little bit before we get into the chapter, I didn't know if we were going to get a chapter this month because Golden Week was this week, however, we did end up getting one, which is really cool, so let's get right into it. So, the chapter starts with Zerofuku talking about how he can't breathe. He's got this disgusting face where his tongue's hanging out and everything, and he's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And so Heimdall goes into, you know, how Buddha's front kick, you know, knocked the wind out of him. And Buddha goads him by saying, come on, man, we've already started, you know, let's get serious now. And... You know, people in the crowd are like, this is BS, you know, foul play, you know, surprise attack, where, and then all of a sudden this guy speaks up, and he says, the law is harsh, but it is the law, and this is said by Socrates, and he is flanked by two other men, and he says, you know, you know, talks about Buddha's pretty ruthless despite being one of the four sages. And we get to see who these four sages are. Socrates, Jesus, and then the third guy, the guy on the right of Socrates says, repay evil with evil. And he talks about like, I can't really raise my voice or anything, but this fight's really got me going. And we find out that this guy is Confucius. We get back to the fight and Buddha is goading Zerofuku to attack him, and, you know, he finally gets his breath back, Zerofuku does, and he realizes he's bleeding, and Zerofuku talks about, like, man, this pain really hurts, you know, why me, why me, and Buddha's just watching on, and while this is going on, Zerofuku, he, his aura kind of, like, becomes much more malevolent, darker, and just, like, shoot. I don't want to say shine, but like kind of, you know, surprises and, sh you know, strikes upward. And they notice it's having an effect on the axe he summoned last chapter out of his back. And Gel, the youngest of the Valkyrie sisters, asks Brunhilde, what's up with the ask, noted, noticing that it is kind of alive. And Jerofuku goes to swing at Buddha, but he's constantly dodging all the attacks. And, you know... Zerofuku's like, I don't understand, I'm swinging, I'm like, I thought I hit you, and Confucius in the background is like, this is awesome, you know, and while he's trying to compose himself, being like, I, I, I suppose, it, it, this is an excellent fight. So Zerofuku is getting really frustrated, he's like, damn this, you know, he's yelling, and he's complaining that he can't hit him, and he's like, this is how it always is, and Heimdallir points us out that, you know, every time he swings, Buddha is dodging. And there's some people out in the audience that are noticing, you know, like why he can't get in a single hit. And someone makes the comment, wouldn't Bishamon 10 have been better? Which, to be honest, I don't think he would have been much better because, mind you, Zedofuku is the complete form of the Seven Lucky Gods. And, you know, basically they're just separate avatars. But, let's continue. And he's complaining that he can't hit him, he can't get a single hit, and he's like, damn this. 
And he's saying, there's so much misery, so much misery. And his dark aura keeps expanding while he's yelling about so much misery. And more people in the audience are noticing he's starting to really, really look strange. And it's really, really scary. And eyeballs now start showing up on the handle of the axe. And so we cut back to Ares and Hermes. And they're talking about how this is getting interesting. And Ares is like, did his axe just get bigger? And then Zeus comes up and says, no, it's not imagination. His axe did get bigger. And it absorbs misery. And they go into this discussion where Ares is kind of confused, where he's like, what do you mean by absorbing misery? And so Zeus goes into how the more his divine weapon absorbs misery, the larger it grows, and its destructive power increases as well at the same time. And the name of this weapon is the Misery Cleaver. At the same time this is going on, a huge amount of spikes start jutting out all over the backside of the Misery Cleaver. So it's really cool that we get the name of this weapon. This isn't the only weapon we got the name of in this chapter either, which is really, really cool. And Hermes notes this is the first time he's seen it. Now, mind you, and then it's unconventional. Now, mind you, Zedofugu, this is like the first time he's been whole in a long, long time. So it's not unsurprising that most of these gods don't know his true power. So now with this powered up, I guess we can call it level two misery cleaver, starts swinging at Buddha and it's not doing anything. And people, and it's causing way more destruction now. And the people are going, he seems way too strong, like scarily too strong for a god. And so Zedofuku's complaining that he's like, damn it, I keep missing. Holy crap. So we come back over to Gellenbru and Hilda, and Gull is like, absorbing misery you know questioning like what like not trying to understand this what it's doing and Brunhilde explains that from Zerofuku's perspective being evaded is misery as well so basically anything that causes Zerofuku to feel miserable will power up the misery cleaver and and so Gel notices this and like that's really nuts because the more he keeps doing it, the more power will increase. And she has probably, I think, my favorite line, one of my favorite lines of the chapter where Gel says, he's on nightmare mode, <laughs> Buddha fighting Zerofuku. And there's a point in the fight, you know, this midpoint in this chapter where Zerofuku seems to get a swing on him, but, you know, and Gel's like, oh no, it's over. When Buddha just kind of throws up his staff and does this weird cartwheel dance, you know, capoeira move, and just dodges it. And he goes, that was a pretty cool move, but he dodged it. And Gela is really, really impressed by this, and Brunhilde says, you need to really pay attention to Buddha's movements. And Gel notices he's moving before Zerofuku attacks. This is when we get the name of... Buddha's ability because he has because at first Gela's like oh he has a precognition ability like Kojiro Sasaki well Brunhilde says Kojiro's technique is you know the ultimate prediction technique that was Kojiro's which he honed over years and years and years of training 
However, Buddha has the ability that could be called future vision. You can only achieve that ability by being enlightened. This actually gives it actually has a further name where it's pure enlightenment eight consciousness. So basically 